Welcome to Forecast, the Foreshadow podcast, seeking glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. I'm Josh, the editor of Foreshadow, an online literary magazine featuring work that points to the kingdom of God. In today's episode, my co-host Will and I will look back over this past season of Forecast. After briefly reviewing each of the episodes, we then share our highlights and the challenges we've faced, as well as emerging themes for future episodes, especially focusing on Christian worship. I hope you enjoy the conversation. We are having this conversation, it kind of just reflecting on the past season of Forecast. Um, so Forecast, actually, I got an email from the web host saying that in two weeks' time, that will have been a year from when Foreshadow oh. first um, went live. So it's almost a year since um, it started, although the first submissions were in December that we start, actually started posting things. And then Forecast, the very first episode was with you in March. So wow. just looking back over the season, um, highlights, challenges, um, emerging themes and threads, and then looking forward to next season. So before we reflect, though, I was thinking it'd be good to first, if I just read through the list of episodes um, to remind ourselves and also for listeners who probably haven't remembered or even heard any of them, if, if they haven't. Um, so the first episode was, as I mentioned, was with you. Um, Love is where we belong. And so that was kind of, um, it was kind of funny because we actually did two takes. Um, yeah. But that was the second take. The first take was actually the most recent episode. Um, but um, but the, the, the second take was more kind of describing your journey um, as a worship leader and a musician and um, your journey to, um, to Fuller Theological Seminary. Right. And then what, you're do what you were doing then in Florida as well. Right. And yeah, and then the second episode was with my brother john um blessed are those who mourn that was about his um experience as a teacher leading a concert and um, one of the songs of that was in honor of a teacher who had passed away and so using music to help a community in in grief and then the third episode was you you ho you hosted that and you interviewed september penn and that was called peacemaking through song and that was about her um her organization, Power of Song, and um, also what she's experienced in the pandemic, um, leading worship and worshiping with communities over Zoom. Yeah. And then um, the fourth episode was with Scott Stevens, whom we both know from university. He's a composer. And I interviewed him about listening inwardly and discerning the voice of God and his own hunches when he creates and composes music. And then the fifth episode was with, you did that with Isaac Ikeda. And that was about his work as a DJ and as a pastor and how he repurposes his work so that it can all be towards God. And so that was, I thought that was a real um, pivot, pivotal episode because it highlights one of these tensions of um, this, what you call the sacred versus secular. I remember you were saying that in our first interview, and that's kind of been one of those themes, I think, that's emerged. And he, and I think your conversation with him really 
unpacked that a little bit and teased out some of the tensions and also some of the, um, I, I think it deepened more of my understanding of that, uh, of that tension um, and that concept and how it looks in, in practical in our day-to-day -day lives. Sure, yeah. And then the next episode is with um, a friend of mine, Ken Deeks, and, about his um, work as a, an active therapist and also leading a folk group. And so a lot of these people we've interviewed have actually been our musicians and music really is another thread that goes through these. Um, yeah, and Ken was describing how just the importance of treating other people as humans, as fellow people, that people matter and, and bringing Christ to every situation that he's in. And then episodes seven and nine were a two-parters, two parters, um, with Carl Windrill, a writing professor and a poet. And that was about his book, The Gospel According to Mary. And he read some of his poems and described his discipline in writing. And that really struck me um, was um, the importance of discipline and his, his antennae, as he calls them, to being open and receptive to God um, in anything that he's doing. So that's another blurring the lines of sacred and secular and just anywhere we are can be potentially um, can open us up to the presence of God. And then episode eight was you with Seth Little, the director of worship arts in New York City, and um, describing his work as a worship pastor and, um, and how music can unite people of diverse backgrounds and also how it opens us up to mystery. And then um, I mentioned episode nine was a two-part episode. So episode 10, that was, I think that week you, um, you were very busy, very busy um, because you were, I think it had to do with your program that you've started, your MA in music. And so I had to pull together some things. And so that was the first episode where um, we didn't interview anyone, but it was um, just a, an arrangement of different writing music and, and clips of a previous conversations on forecast about um, meekness and the strength of gentleness. And then episode 11, that was with you and your friend, Greg Jordan, whom you mentioned in the first episode as your friend and mentor who is who you're fishing with. Um, so that was yeah. really cool to have that, um, um, actually be able to hear, hear him, yeah. hear his yeah. story and, um, and his experiences, um, um, Leading, uh, playing music in various places as a, a member of the military, a member of a church, and also just his efforts to bring goodness to wherever he is, whether he's administering jabs or um, for the vaccines or um, in any situation. And then, that, then the next episode, episode 12, was I interviewed Matt Jackson, who's an anesthetist and intensive care doctor. And so he was really describing um, the importance of taking care of the body and how his Christian faith influences his work as a doctor. And, um, and again, one of the insights from that was how the body is the temple of God, as it says in um, the New Testament. And again, uh, that, that thread of worship playing through and in a different way that I didn't expect um, but our, our very bodies as being a place where God wants to inhabit and dwell and how we can worship God by taking care of our bodies. 
And then the next episode, I had a conversation with my brother again, this time about John Foreman's album Departures. So, and that one also, I thought, teased a lot of interesting um, questions about um, the kingdom of God the um, being present, but also not yet being here in its fullness. And then um, the next episode was, again, exploring eschatology in films um, such as Tenet and Interstellar. And, um, and then the last episode was, uh, I think the, it kind of made more explicit our theme of worship and that the episode 15 called we become who or what we worship. And that one was actually our very first recorded in episode that we didn't get published until uh, yeah. a couple of weeks ago. And, um, and I think for me, that really uh, showed me how, how much worship has been a part of what we're discussing. Mm -hmm. But um, so that's one of my highlights is, is seeing those emerging themes that I wasn't expecting and, and hopefully um, and learning things from those themes and, and kind of the idea that the sum, what is, there's like a phrase that um, something is more than the sum of its parts. And I think I, I, I'm seeing that in right. our, each of the individual ep uh, episodes um, as, as you combine them all together, there's something emerging that is quite fascinating. And I hope that we will explore that further. And um, so I have a few more highlights, but what have been, what have been some of your highlights for over the season? I just wanted to say, I, I uh, well, one highlight is just first and foremost, getting to participate that you, you asked me to be a part of this. And this has been a very fun journey for me and helped me to kind of keep connected or reconnect with some people that I uh, otherwise, I'm, I'm not in contact with as much as I would like to be, yourself included. And so yes. that's, uh, that's been, uh, quite a quite a privilege and a, a, an honor. Um, it's it's a, it's a mutual thing. feeling. Oh, good, good. The uh, another thing that jumps to mind is we you just were talking about some of its parts, and uh, another friend of mine once uh, was trying to describe uh, the best hamburger he'd ever had. Uh, and, and it was somewhere close to where we were in Florida, which seems like an odd, it seemed odd to me that some sort of suburb of Tampa or St. Pete had the best hamburger that this guy who's kind of a foodie uh, had ever had. And, and he said, well, really, you know, it's, it's, it's the sum of its parts. You know, it's not like the, the bun <laughs> by itself is, doesn't help us very much and the, the lettuce and the tomato and whatever and the, the meat, you know, I mean, uh, all by itself, you know, is not, not such a thing. And you and I are Southern Californian born and raised guys. So we have an affinity probably for In-N-Out, you know, which is a controversial burger joint. But I would say In-N-Out constitutes a some of its parts sort of burger experience that maybe even goes beyond the burger itself. But that just got me to thinking again, yeah, if you take this, this enterprise of forecast and foreshadow as being more than these sort of one-off things, but you're able to draw your own sort of narrative threads, whether that's between episodes and individuals featured in these episodes, or if it's the things and uh, things that are happening in your own life and within your own sort of uh, uh, spheres of influence, I think that that in and of itself points to this, the, the idea, I mean, it kind of the, the essence, it's a practice of the essence of, of the kingdom of God. Uh, that that is that is at work. There's these subtle, sometimes subtle, sometimes overt connections. The things that are going on uh, in and around us uh, that we otherwise don't have. Uh, sometimes I think the patience to observe. Uh, but so so when you have an archive such as this now, where you can go back and trace 
these lines, again, for us between direct episodes, but then I think of just things happening around in my life. Uh, I think, wow, there's some, there's some, there's something really profound, and 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 far be it for me to say exactly uh, how or what that is, or how if if and how God is a part of that. But I imagine, you know, at least for me, I imagine that that, that is true. You know, that is that is sort of where uh, God is sort of working and how God is. So that's that's kind of a, a meta level highlight, I think, for, for me, for sure. Now diving into the parts and not the sum of its parts. Uh, I definitely, uh, I definitely really appreciated our, our initial conversation, and I'm really glad. You know, I, I was nervous about it at first because, in some ways, we were kind of uh, pilot, uh, prototype, uh, trial, uh, kind of dipping our toes. How many ways can I say it? Dipping our toes in the water <laughs> yes. of podcasting and uh, and then interview processes and what's the best way to go. And we've talked a lot about sort of method and whatnot. As, as time has gone on. So it was interesting to be the person who got interviewed first mm. and then to think that really we ended up with not not a scratch of a first go, but there was something, there was actually something kind of cool and kind of, and like you're saying, kind of worked back into the themes that emerged uh, at the end. So to hear our very first conversation come back at the end of sort of this, what we'll call, I guess, the season of Forecast uh, Podcast, it was pretty remarkable. And I thought, gosh, I can't, I, I, I remember that conversation. I don't quite remember saying all of those things or hearing your questions the way they, they were and our conversation unfolding the way it did. And so it was very, uh, it was very enjoyable. And then how you were able to synthesize other parts, uh, the music, uh, the, uh, the cliff jumping, all these things, like just really, uh, I thought, I was like, wow, these are all things that have happened already, you know what I mean? <laughs> and yet, and yet how poignant and how relevant to, to come back in the full circle. So glad that you didn't scratch that. And so glad you had some editing wizardry that you were able to uh, deploy <laughs> or employ uh, to, to put that all together. So that was cool. I mean, it's, it's, maybe it's a bit self-serving and narcissistic to say, I really enjoyed hearing myself again. But I think it was helpful to like remind myself of some of the things that I otherwise don't always think about, you know, and, uh, and, and, and it, it, to me, it, then that segues to another theme that I think has become kind of clear to me. And uh, you and I have talked about this in some senses. But something I, I like about the way forecast has been unfolding and, and what we've been able to do and what our guests have sort of brought to the table is, is that we don't, we're not necessarily shying away from controversial issues, nor are we uh, uh, escaping uh, or, or, or denying what, things that are problematic in the world. Uh, case in point, I, my last, uh, the, the interview section you feature with me in this last episode is sort of a tirade on my, <laughs> you know, my critiques of sort of worship practices or conceptions of worship that exist uh, uh, today and now and, and, and things that we're a part of. Um, and so uh, I like that that's there, but I also really like that um, again, true to form, and I think true to the essence of what this whole project seeks to point to, uh, our guests have consistently given us a glimpse of, of, of something uh, otherwise maybe overlooked, ordinary, or, or not categorically uh, kingdom of God content, and, and painted a picture and, and actually kind of colored in the lines or, or, or turned on a little neon sign that points, you know, the viewers or the listeners can't see me doing this weird pointy thing with my finger right now, but that kind of is pointing and say, hey, hey, 
this is a thing. This is something is happening here that sort of transcends our uh, 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 the mundane, you know, uh, it, it makes it, it, it turns this thing into something uh, quite special and quite ordinary, which again, to me, if I'm a listener, which I am as well as a host, if I'm a listener, I find great, uh, not just solace, but encouragement in hearing these stories about people's lives and particularly about the work that people are doing. And this is the, this is the theme I think you've alluded to already, but how people's lives and work uh, whether or not those things be about the so-called, you know, explicit recognition of the kingdom of God, or to say that they are observing that and seeing that. I'm always uh, struck by uh, the, what was it, 15th or 16th century monastic Brother Lawrence and his, his mm. the practice of the presence of God. Mm. He's this, you know, uh, monk in the kitchen, former foot soldier, and he finds some sense of deep fulfillment and, and, and purpose in an otherwise monotonous, mundane, and very like milk toast job. Um, and yet there's, there's this huge exuding sense of both worship, and for him, for him that means like this devotion and dedication to his, his notion of God and to like Christian service, but also just this joy, you know, this sense of joy and wonder and, and, and whimsy maybe is not quite the right word, but just appreciation of life. And I think if, uh, uh, I, th I think just as that was true for that individual and that he, what he writes and what we read about him, uh, I think that's true for all of our guests that they found some sense of like purpose and joy, even in even despite problematic dimensions to things they're working on or working through, despite challenges. Uh, there's there's something about sitting in that that where where the real like uh, I guess what I think is happening in the Beatitudes, the real blessedness, you know what I mean? Uh, that there's this, it's in, it's in struggle, it's in work, it's in trial that, uh, that you really, you really can recognize a blessedness, not because it's, it's soothing, comforting, or reassuring, but because it, it means that you need to turn to something bigger than yourself. And that, and that, and not only you need to turn to something bigger yourself, you recognize that you are a part of something that's moving forward. And I think again, this is the essence of the kingdom of God. So I've been I've been really uh, uh, really enjoyed that. I think you've done a good job of bringing that out in your guests. I particularly love that Carl Winderl was able to share uh, actual works poems. Mm -hmm. um, uh, your other friend in Manchester, whose name at this moment is Ken. Me. The Ken, uh, yes. okay. Ken's uh, music and his uh, conversations about uh, about you know uh, fidelity to his, that craft, uh, I thought were just were just really cool examples of of of, of that sort of stick to itiveness and yet like um, yeah expectation that something was bigger and beyond than the, the, the thing itself. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah, thank you. I, I really like how you described a lot of those things. And uh, some of the things you're mentioning, I guess one of the things is the, the part, how you're mentioning the particular and how it's in those experiences of people's daily lives that um, show us a picture of the kingdom of God. And, um, and then something you had mentioned before that was, um, it, it reminded me of some of the challenges actually that I've found 
And um, so maybe we can move to that. And, um, and, and one of the challenges I have found has been um, the, the, knowing the boundary around what I can and cannot say, what I, what I um, am qualified to say and not. And mo most of the time, I'm not qualified to say much, but we're talking about really deep um, matters of the universe, you know, God, worship, things that are um, above my head. And, um, and so it's, it's difficult to know. Uh, so if, for instance, if someone says something that, so, so, so forecast and foreshadow, um, although there's a wide scope, we do, we are a Christian um, like a podcast and magazine. Um, sure. And so there are certain boundaries, but even with that, um, I, I don't feel that I have the, the um, qualifications to, to be, you know, pontificating or wh whatever the right word is. But sometimes if people say something, because we talk about really, we, our guests, we talk about really deep things. And sometimes yeah. we, we might disagree about things. And it's, it's with our guests, perhaps, uh, about how we see a certain angle of interpretation of um, the end of the world or things like that. And I think the, for me, I've learned um, how the, the important thing is, and the focus is, is on the experience that's coming from the, the, our guests and, and our lives. And, um, and uh, how, and so that's why I think it's good that we're focusing on, um, on people's experiences, on, um, on uh, their work, the, the actual poetry that they've written, um, and from that, from the ground up, uh, we, we find things, but we're not, although there is a Christian framework we have, we're not um, really talking so much about theology um, or, or about theories very, very much. And if we are, it's more emerging out of the, um, out of the, uh, the ground work conversations that we're having. So, yeah. um, so that for me has been one of the challenges, but I think it's been good to, um, to focus on um to, well just to just to learn how to as as a co-host how to kind of um think about how 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 to kind of um prepare the conversation in a way so that we're not going into territory that is beyond what we can really say um sure. and also um um and also it gives a grounding to what the focus of the podcast is. So I hope that makes yeah. sense. But totally, totally. I think if I, if I can kind of, if I'm hearing you right, other people have said it this, the same way, but I think, you know, what, 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 what's never debatable is someone's experience, right? And experience is what it is. And, that, and that's what they bring to the table. What, what becomes, you know, contestable or debatable is when people get into sort of like, you know, uh, doctrine or, or, or platforms on which to pontificate about the way things absolutely are that start to that start to depart from their own personal experiences, um, and I think uh, navigating that sometimes can be difficult because th that's the territory where so much argument really happens. That's where, that's that's where like an argument and or just uh, the, the, there's this urge to feel uh, feel like the right thing comes out. And even if the right thing maybe is ambiguity or mystery or like uncertainty, sometimes one of the perspectives that might emerge suggests like this is a thing or this is the way uh, where that again, it's a, it's a sort of departure from a truth, some assumed sort of thing, whatever that is. 
And so, yeah, it's, 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 it's straddling that. And we've talked about it before too, like what is the role of the interviewer in all of that? If we're hosting, are we, are we dialogue partners? Are we, uh, are we, are we just drawing out information that we can and getting the, this sort of perspective? Uh, or are we, are, are we meant to like, are we meant to correct something that we like have a difference of <laughs> opinion about? You know what I mean? And I think, I think good. I mean, most, I'm not a journalist per se in as much as you are. Um, but I, it's my understanding that most journalism is not there to sort of like, you know, unless you're writing some sort of opinion piece is not there to, to combat with what you're being told. It's just to simply allow that thing to be told. And so uh, that, that's definitely a challenge I, I would certainly resonate with too and agree with. Mm-hmm. I, I want to, I sometimes I have the, I have the desire to neatly tie things up and package them well. And then if I, if I feel like the uh, response is, has not quite landed the way I hoped it would have, uh, I want to comport that into the, 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 the thing that I think is more, uh, is either more right, which is problematic or, or more uh, palatable. You know what I mean? And so I, I, that's certainly something that I, have a growing edge on for sure but uh yeah i totally resonate with with what you're saying yeah and at the same time listening to our our interviews with our guests i think when we have kind of um subtly challenged what they've said um that's actually led to more um more insights i think and um and a deeper engagement and i think that's actually been valuable too um, and I think we have to we, we have to assume as well that our audience or listeners know that um, that we are just people like uh, and and we will say things and we may not we're obviously may not be right about what we're saying we hope we hope to be careful with what we're saying and we hope we are right um, uh, but we also tr- we also will trust that our listeners um, have judgment themselves and they can suss themselves. Uh, and discern, you know, the, the truth, hopefully, from what our conversations are. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, it's, it's so interesting, too, that the subject matter that around which our conversations is, is, is built is, is so, uh, it's so subjective and, and so, uh, and at least hotly contested, obviously, in, in the public sphere and even within uh, Christian religious circles, you know, there's so many divergent opinions and perspectives on things that expertise is sort of like, it's sort of not a thing, you know, it's like uh, even, even saying something about like having, even suggesting uh, expertise, which, you know, if, if, if that's a, a, like a criteria or credential, you and I both have graduate degrees in theological studies and in, in varying forms of that. Right. That would usually constitute expertise if you or I were engineers. And yet, <laughs> or like, or like, you know what I mean, or mathematicians or something like that, or maybe not. Maybe I'm, 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 it's just as abstracted and, and, uh, and, 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 and contested as well. But it, especially when you pull on things like people's religious identity or, or spirit senses of spirituality or, or a thing, again, my pastor said, or I read the Bible. So, you know, all these different things. This all of a sudden becomes like uh, uh, the, the the ground is not like this is not clear hierarchy, not clear. And and I think to be fair, that's not just me critiquing that that exists. It's me. It's me also sort of agreeing with that. You know what I mean? Th- this is the kind of subject matter, and this is the kind of stuff that you can quickly form elitist expertise camps about. 
and neglect voices and ideas and thoughts that come from people who don't uh, incur that training or dive into things in the ways that maybe we have. So it is to say that like, uh, and that, and I think like a lion's share of our guests have like advanced graduate degrees, <laughs> you know what I mean? And like deep theological thoughts and all, all this stuff. So it's, it's not so much that there's like, there's like some even departure from our own sort of uh, hierarchical priorities and who we talk to, but it is to say that like listeners, wherever you are and wherever they do you, I don't know who, who I'm, I'm addressing at this point, but, uh, um, but I, I, I think, I think we acknowledge that there's a lot of, there's a lot of room, uh, not just for, for debate, but for perspective on these things. And we hope that like, we never come across as being authoritative uh, in, in a way that's unhelpful. But if, if you want to know what people have historically said or thought, uh, I do think we have insights there to offer that when we're, when we're talking with um, our guests and we, 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 yes. we maybe yeah. problematize something or, or throw, throw push back on something. Yeah. It's not because yeah. we're being jerks or because we, we have no idea, you know, we're scraping at something. It might be coming from a place of something that we've encountered before in, in study or in experience. Again, experience is that sort of less debatable. Right, right, and and that's a good and that's a good grounding. Going back to what we were saying earlier, um, it, it's kind of a safe place for us to go that we're focusing on the experience. But um, yeah, but even then, um, uh, our values, our our theologies that are kind of higher, if you can quote unquote higher than experience, will always come through in our interpretation of that experience. And so, of course, we're gonna have we're gonna have to discuss that too. Mm-hmm. So uh, we discussed some some emerging th- threads and themes, and I want to I want to kind of go back briefly because music was one of those, and I just wanted to say that that's one of been another highlight is the music is being able to play some of the music that people have composed or arranged, um, and I think that that's added a lot to the to the podcast episodes, um, a deeper connection that I've had as as a listener myself with those episodes, but. So that's one has been music, but I think wider than music is this interaction between art and worship and theology. But I I think the main, but I think the main theme for me has been worship. And by that, I mean, not just um, what happens on Sunday, although that has been important, for instance, what um, Seth describes as a, as a worship leader, September, even with um, my conversation with Matt about the body as the temple, this idea of the temple as a sacred place, and we do we do um, things that are different there than we normally do, and those are important. But the other conversations about the work that people do, I see that as worship. In uh, as you mentioned in in the in our first conversation that was most recently published, it's liturgy, um, the work of the people. So that includes. Um, that includes what um, Greg Jordan does as a as a as an administrator for Jabs. That can yeah. and and tying in with um, uh, Isaac's point, if if he purposes that work towards God, that's that can be a form of worship, and and so that thread of worship um, kind of straddling every day of the week potentially and everywhere we are potentially. I think that's been I think um, something that the identity of foreshadow and forecast has been forming, I think, because into that, I think, especially, and maybe another way to say it is sacramental, uh, sacramentality yeah, is, uh, yeah, the, 
the presence of God, as you as you alluded to, the practice of the presence of God um, in 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 everything that we're doing. And I, I think it's it's really um, it's kind of amazing if, if that uh, to see, as you've already mentioned as well, to see the, our guests um, uh, describing that in a variety of ways and a variety of places um, and backgrounds. And, and so, um, so I, so I, I look forward to continuing to, to hear people um, just shedding new lights and, and new layers and depths on that. Yeah. I was going to say too, just to add to that, that I think something that people might perceive as a theme emerging is that we're trying to say and constitute that everything that happens all the time is, in and of it, is, is functionally worship. And, and I think you can make a case for that. I certainly might make a case for that sometimes. I also still do think that like for the purposes of like describing or describe, like I do think there is a form of also in like worship that requires intentionality. So that like worship is that so whether that's repurposing again the, I, the practice of repurposing something means that you are consciously doing that thing whether it, that you are repurposing something for uh, the glorification of your notion of god and god's expectations and, and christian life then that yes that can be a form of, of absolutely can be a form of christian worship um uh so i i think those there's two things that work there you know what i mean i definitely have positive like you said um you maybe you do accidentally do it sometimes i think i think we, i think we are guilty certain of guilty maybe not the right word but we do certainly participate in worships that are not of like of of uh, we're not all sitting around you know at uh the temple and singing praise songs and <laughs> plucking our harps and you know yeah, yeah. And doing ritual moments 24 hours a day seven days that's not that's not the lives that we live and so uh, are we cognizantly devoting everything else also to the glorification and worship of uh, Judeo-Christian God and Jesus, or, or are there moments where we stop thinking about that, you know, right. uh, and then where does the worship begin and end, yeah. you know, I think there's intentionality there. And I, I think our guests have all at least personally alluded to that sort of intentional dimension that constitutes their work as worship versus something else that is happening in time that is not worship. There are times maybe that we are not worshiping. If intentionality is mm. a key ingredient in worship. Yeah. And this is just the kind of more theoretical side coming out is when we're not intend being intentional, I, I think that there's still um, the presence of God is still there. Of course, when we're not aware, when we're not aware of it and, and maybe it's, I've, I've, I mean, okay. So I've heard people describe this um, and, and in the and the Orthodox Christian, um, like the Church Fathers, they've described um, uh, what's it how, how the that there's the uncreated es um, essence of God, and then there's the mm -hmm. energies of God, and that the universe is filled with the energies of God. Another way in in the West we describe it is um, transcendence and immanence, and how God is yeah. immanent. And this came up in your conversation with September, I think, most clearly yeah. when you were describing resonance and how music um, can have that effect. And there's something in the very in the very vibrations. And I think that's exploring this idea that God is present in the in the very molecules and the vibrations and um, and and so it and so even when we're perhaps when we're not intentional about worship, 
God is still present and, and maybe, maybe we are still worshiping. And, and of course that brings up another question of like, where, where, what, what about the evil in the world? And um, is God present there? And, and of course, well, we, we see that God was present in Jesus and he took on evil and he himself suffered the most. I mean, he, he suffered the most because he was God and, and God shouldn't die if anyone, you know, if, if anyone should die, it shouldn't be God. But still, I, I think there's more questions there. But I think generally, um, generally, I think what you're saying uh, is, and, and what I hear you say, one of the questions you asking is, when we're not being intentional about it, perhaps there's still this presence of God there that, that we can yeah. fall back on. It doesn't all depend upon our intentionality and our, our efforts. As important as that is, there's also this grace that fills the universe too. Yeah, and, 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 and just even more over that there, there are two, I'm just highlighting, there are two ways of conceptualizing that. that you could, you, mm. One could argue justifiably that worship's always happening, that, you know what I mean, you're, you are doing something uh, your your devotion is to something at all times. You know, Bob Dylan said you got to serve somebody, right? <laughs> uh, you're doing that, right. or 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 worship does get compartmentalized. You know what I mean? And there are moments when you are not worshiping, and that's okay. You know what I mean? Like it's uh, uh, the, the worship that you do is, is is directed as you so choose it, when you so choose to do that. So I think I think there there are probably I don't know if there are camps about this. I don't know how many people sit around and, and ponder these things, but <laughs> but, uh, but I certainly think that that's at work. And, and every, I agree everything that you said. We could go down the theological rabbit hole, you know, <laughs> and uh, go through those the problems of evil and and, and and atonement and things like this. But uh, for the most part, uh, I think uh, yeah, I think what I was getting at is just more that these there's different. I think. I think I'm acknowledging, and I think the, the podcast hopefully is featured and facilitated kind of a spectrum of people who like conceive of how and where worship is happening and how it's working. And I think that that's that's important to 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 feature. I think because again, it gets it gets at this sort of like uh, well-roundedness. I guess maybe is is the word, I'm, and like these, these, it celebrates these sort of different um, vantage points at which you can come at this this obviously crucial theme, as, as, as you've introduced it now a couple of times, this being a sort of a major theme that comes up in the essence of the podcast mm. is like sort of a, a staple to what it's, what the podcast is even about, you know, definitely a, a feature. So yeah, I think, I think that's where I was going with that. Okay. Yeah. Well, any other emerging themes or threads? Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I, I think you're absolutely right. Worship is, is one, which is super ironic, you know, just, you know, showing my cards, is my cards the right word now, or, you know, being fully transparent is that I don't necessarily have an intentional, um, like regular worship practice myself right now, other than what I would consider these sorts of conversations, um, and uh, other moments that I can then sort of reclaim you know, and sort of then reimagine as, as having been worshipful. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that I have, um, to, to not go too far into problematizing the practice, but I don't know that I have like a, 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 a venue or a time or even like a specific uh, act that I think is any more significant than other stuff that's going on for me at this point. That's just for me at this point. That is not... Say uh, that that others aren't finding those moments, 
uh, or times or spaces or places. But uh, as someone who like, who I think, you know, thinks about worship a lot, I, I'm not sure that I like am doing it in a sort of conventional way right now. So I, I give that to the listeners to, to do with as they will. Uh, if that's a, if that's one of the things, you know, that maybe has been difficult or sort of struggled through in this time, that's certainly true for me. Uh, even if I've been participating in spaces where that is happening. Uh, and then, um, Another emerging thread. Let's sorry, see. sorry. Uh, can, what were you? I, I didn't catch the last part about the struggle. Um, are you saying? Oh yeah, just just the struggle of of uh, uh, like struggles that we've kind of like or, or issues that we've had to sort of reconcile. You, you mentioned that as a thing that we okay. sort of were okay. talking about. That's definitely been something that like for me has been true. I I do not have the same sort of responsibilities I once had, especially now that I've, I've moved up. Uh, Georgia, uh, nor do I even have some of the same kind of convictions, or you might even use the word beliefs about how, when, why I'm supposed to, to, to do a certain sort of worship practice, which is, again, ironic because I've devoted a lot of time to studying it and thinking about it, and still do. I just don't know that, like, I've landed on anything that, uh, that is uh, at least probably conventionally called, you know, and I'm, now I'm going to go worship God or do this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, I do think there are moments of like re-imag- like repurposing things that mm-hmm. have happened yeah. or re-articulating them as worship moments, such as this time. Like this, this, this seems like the essence of that. It's not complicated. It's just, it's happening. Here we yeah. are. Um, do you think there's, there's a potential for just an episode in itself? Just, I, I don't want to pry if that's a very personal thing, but I mean, maybe what do you think about about that, like exploring that in terms of your your experiences of worshiping in the traditional sense um, in church, um, and your transition away from that. I mean, I'm, I'm or or even just I'm just curious, just myself as to how yeah. how that how that's developed because I I know that in in Georgia no, in sorry in Florida where you were living, you were um, worshiping regularly or you were you were on a worship band playing with yeah. Greg. So, so, um, so in a way you were doing that, but I, I don't know if that's a, a kind of yeah, going down a different road, but it's just, I feel like there's something worth exploring there in, in context I, I, yeah, of the forecast would, as well. I would agree. I would definitely agree. And if anything, I think, I think there may be, you know, so it's not just about me in particular. Uh, I could certainly, I, I, I think we certainly have room to interview others with who have who've had similar experiences Mm. and for whatever the reasons are that undergird or like have have catalyzed those experiences and and journeys so to speak uh i think there would be a lot of interesting feedback and again i in some ways and i don't mean this to like again tie it up neatly in in a bow and then like and then make it palatable for people who want things to work out as they imagine the right way being in some ways i do think there is something redemptive baked into that though too because there's 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 a certain liberation that I think I've experienced as well by not uh, by by kind of interrupting the rhythms of what had been part of my life, you know, in terms of regular routine, uh, show up and do this thing. Because even while doing that thing, so often we talked about this a little bit in my last in, in my original interview. I don't know if I always you know felt connected to the the thing I was purportedly doing. Yes. Uh, and so and so that's. That, that that's something to like that, yeah that's not not here or now but like definitely something that can be explored in, in 
in subsequent episodes. And I imagine there are lots of people I, I, I know personally that could, could uh, attest to uh, similar instances that have a, a myriad of reasons as to why that has gone that way. And this mm -hmm. is not to say that, uh, uh, it, and it, I, I don't think it would be off-brand, so to speak, or a departure from uh, from the essence of what of what we're talking about here. Because again, in function, this whole this whole thing still does. The, <laughs> I think is giving us this kingdom of God God glimpse. I'm reminded of as just kind of segueing back to this other themes that we talked about, and getting back to like narrative connectivity, I guess. Um, and, and especially narrative connectivity, not just in the sequence of, uh, of with internal podcast uh, uh, content, but like in our lives and in my lives and mm -hmm. peripheral things. I think of two uh, two things that I think have inspired some of the way I've been approaching interview and and then and processing things in my own life. I really liked listening to the last few years of Malcolm Gladwell's revisionist history where he kind of like looks at things that maybe are overlooked or misunderstood and then kind of sort of paints an, another side of the picture. Related to that, a friend of mine and the, the head worship pastor actually at Montrose Church in LA where I was on staff, he hosts a podcast called The Whole Elephant. And that's basically a, 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 an homage to the blind men who all approach different parts of the elephant. One describes a rope, one describes, mm -hmm. you know, armor, one describes <clears throat> a hose, or, you know what I mean? All the, all this different stuff, and, and they're all talking about the same thing, but they, they're looking at it and touching it in, in ways that, that, that does not give them the, 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 the full picture. I hope that, again, at, at a larger level, the podcast uh, starts to at least suggest that wh wherever a listener is and whatever a listener's experience might have been, those are not invalid. Those are very valid, but there are certainly other things going on around the world and in other people's lives that, that paint picture, give us a glimpse uh, uh, of the kingdom of God, you know what I mean, as it were, uh, with, with, in sometimes paradigm shifting ways. And so that to me, that to me is such an exciting, like, theme, uh, paradigm shift, you might call it, as a theme that emerges through looking at disciplines in, in music, art, theology, et cetera, et cetera, as they intertwine and interweave and and, and, and branch out into other parts of our lives. These, these things all become connected and, and, and hopefully uh, and, and wonderfully enlightening and enriching to all of us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I know that for myself, through the conversations I've been having, um, I think my own kind of vision has been also kind of changing too and seeing um, kind of what we were describing earlier, seeing the potential for the presence of God in places where I, I hadn't, I hadn't um, thought that possible. I guess maybe I think you used the term silos in one of your conversations, and those silos coming down, those um, barriers. And so that's I think that's happened in my own vision. And um, so yeah, well I think we've been talking a little bit about looking forward. So let's um, describe a bit more about um, if there's any. Uh, any kinds of things that we've already, and maybe there's, isn't anything more to say, but for the next season, um, kinds of people that we might have in mind or things we want to do, I, I can start. Um, Please, yeah. Of course, yeah, I, I, do, I do hope to have more um, conversations with people as we have been doing um, and uh, hearing about their experiences and um, 
glimpses of God and the kingdom of God. Another thing is, um, of course, focusing on maybe, maybe perhaps focusing on this theme of worship, or at least this conversation and the other conversation we've had about worship, I think helped to clarify the framework. Um, and so future conversations, if this comes up, we can have more of a framework to build upon and more language to use that, that uh, we can kind of more clearly understand what we're talking about and how it fits in with, um, yeah. with this. And, um, and then I also hope to um, discuss um, books that I'm reading or even films, um, things, albums, continuing to do that because I think um, these works of art and these thoughts that people share and they publish, um, there's a lot of potential there for, um, and there's a, there's a richness there, I think, that points to the kingdom of God and sometimes may not even be intended that way, but, um, but, uh, but as for, for, uh, for me, I, I like to interpret and to, um, I guess, maybe exegete these things and, yeah. and, and draw upon, draw out good things from them or things that um, inspire my faith or encourage me or, or, um, or teach me some new insights. I guess the image of, of a bee gathering nectar from various flowers, um, doing the same with these, with these works of literature or, or movies or um, albums. So I've yeah. quite enjoyed doing that. And um, so that, those are some things that I hope to, to do next season. Yeah, I mean that's that's the I mean the image that comes to mind is is what is a fire hydrant for? You know what I mean? Is a fire hydrant so that the fire department could hook up a hose and put out a fire, or is a fire hydrant a water park when it opens up and kids can splash around? You know what I mean? There's different ways to read a fire hydrant. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, and I think there are different ways to read the things that are happening to us and around us all the time. Again, to me that is the essence of like it's it's. I don't want to say it's a critique of this could say this is a very colonizer sort of like mindset. You know what I mean? I'm putting my flag in this thing and calling it what, something that it is not. You know what I mean? And yet I think, I think if the kingdom of God is anything like what we might suggest it is or purport it to be, then, then of course these are instances of glimpses of the kingdom of God, especially if they're beautiful and wonderful and life-giving and enriching. Um, I think you have every right to like, have that sort of what's the fancy word hermeneutical priority, right? You know, to, to exegete <laughs> uh, things from films, music, stories that you hear that maybe you know weren't purposed as such, you know, to do that thing, and yet hiding in there somewhere, and maybe not hiding. Sometimes, bam, here I am. Uh, uh, was was the kingdom of God something something fresh and inspiring and new? And so, yeah. I, I totally agree with you. I think I'm in a unique situation right now because speaking of like fire hoses and stuff like that, I'm back in school uh, mm -hmm. and it's like a fire hose got opened up into my face of just <laughs> new information and things to consider. And I'm learning and I'm in this great environment and I'm one of the older guys in you know, these classes, but uh, like to get this, uh, to get all this like new insight, new ways of considering things or, or, or revisiting old uh, thoughts Mm -hmm. uh, it's really cool. So I'm sure that's going to trickle into some of yeah. my priorities as like an interviewer, you know what I mean, in the future, especially in sort of what we've been when I'm studying, musicological ways, you know, how music is at work or things are at work around music. But also to say that 
I, I really like that I'm, I'm yet again in a totally new space where I don't really know anybody. Um, I, there's so much of a pro, uh, I, I will have to make effort to like understand and know people afresh and new. I also like that for the first time, at least for me personally, I'm in an academic space that does not have an explicit Christian affiliation. Mm -hmm. uh, and so not that the spaces that I've been in before were bad. It's just to say now I'm at a giant state school. <laughs> you know what I mean? With all sorts of people from really all over the world and uh, with all sorts of priorities and, and things that are different. And, it's, and this is not to say that I've only ever lived in sheltered environments where I've never interacted or, you know, come to people who come in contact with people who aren't Christians or something. That, that's silly. Of course I have. Um, but it is to say that like now it's, now it's a steady part of my diet, no matter what. You know what I mean? Every day of the week, I'm going to have some sort of like interactive in a, in a, in a, in a, a quote, sort of purposed secular space um, hmm. where there are, where uh, these uh, sorts of things and, and how ironic already, how much of the content and thoughts and feedback and things that are happening still have so many like, religious overtones and or explicit religious dimensions to them and the stuff I've, we've been talking about in classes and whatnot, let alone just even like Judeo-Christian sort of uh, 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 Christian kind of uh, concepts and themes and, and whatnot that are, that are coming up that are just in, like, again, part of the fabric of our language and society. And, and again, maybe I'm peeling back and getting a glimpse into something sometimes and I'm seeing something that others aren't or it just is there and so uh, I'm excited to look for more overt and uh, sort of subtle uh, examples of, of the kingdom of God as I am understanding it to, to be and my understanding evolves in and through the lives of people I'm meeting here and and still you know staying connected to people from my past and and drawing on that in future interviews I know we have a couple things lined up coming up that are going to be really cool and really exciting to hear about as they relate to multimedia and, and, and different artistic expressions. And so, yeah, I think what comes next is, is equally as, as hopefully uh, um, uh, insightful and energizing and exciting maybe. I don't know if people sit there at the edge of their seat listening to this podcast, but hopefully enriching, if nothing else, to use a, you know, another sort of adjective uh, yeah. to describe what I hope is happening in this podcast. And, and, and as we, as people hear us in our processes, um, yeah. uh, bringing that to the, to the table. Yeah. And you pointed out something that I also uh, like to share too, is that, um, one of the highlights, probably the, the first highlight for me has for this project has been, um, reconnecting with people. And I, I think all of the people we've had as guests so far, we've all, we've known them. There's, we haven't had any interviews with someone that we hadn't met before or, um, you know, and I think that's one of the things I really value about this working with you and um, also just getting to to reconnect with people um, during a time of pandemic where um, uh, like this past year, people a lot of, like I, I was working from home. Now you're, you're working with people. So you, I think you're seeing lots of people face to face. But um, but it's been for me, it's been a great way to to just reconnect, even though it's just it's still through a screen. Um, it's, it's still, I've really valued those connections, connections. And so, um, so that's something I hope that we continue, um, having, um, 
in the next season and or, and possibly seasons as well is is this um, sense of uh, also kind of a the friendship that comes through these conversations yeah. and um, and that comes from our the the, the knowledge we have of, of someone um, that can have been years in the making too. That concludes our conversation. I hope it's given you a better idea of this podcast, as well as of Will and me as co-hosts. Speaking of which, there is just one thing I'd like to correct that uh, we said earlier that I didn't actually say during our conversation. And Will had said that we were both born and bred in San Diego. And while it's true that he was born and bred there and I was bred there, I was actually born in the Philippines, but we won't hold that against Will. Well, we'd love to hear from you all. What are your thoughts on what you've heard today or on previous episodes? Do get in touch by emailing me at foreshadowmagazine at gmail.com. And although this is not our final episode for the season, we would like to thank all of our guests on the podcast and all those who have contributed to Foreshadow this past year. God willing, we will continue to share quality, inspiring work and have enriching conversations in the year to come. We're also on the lookout for more work to share, so if you're a writer, artist, or musician, and you resonate with Foreshadow or Forecast, please get in touch. And you can find more episodes and conversations, the ones that we referenced earlier, or other work that points to the kingdom of God at foreshadowmagazine.com, where you can also subscribe to our free weekly newsletter. And please share our work with those that you think would be interested as well. Thanks for listening. That's the forecast for today. Mm-hmm.